0: Welcome to episode 4. It's Christmas time, and you've made the naughty list with these two films that massacre the merry mythos. So, keep dreaming of sugar plums and don't go downstairs. You never know what Santa's doing to mommy. It's time for Frightful Failures! fine that's fine uh by the way uh i've got a question for you okay 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 who do you think is a better performer peter dinklage or warwick davis dinklage you're fucking wrong uh, no 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 Uh, think about it for a second you saw infinity war right yeah that fucking garbage performance that's like half of the shit he does is they just bring him (laughs) in and they're like well sir this is elf or whatever and he's like i'm here for the paycheck baby um and and he just i don't
1: know he's serious business and now he's sort of everyone buys into his hype that he's a great actor so he doesn't have to be a great actor i'll admit
0: uh he's pretty good in three billboards i don't know if you saw that Nope. Okay, he's pretty good in that, but it's a small part, no pun intended. And uh, I, I just think that all he's got going for him is Game of Thrones, and you got Warwick Davis pumping out jam after jam for decades. All right. So Leprechaun, yes.
1: Leprechaun two, yes. Leprechaun, Leprechaun three, back to, three the hood. back to the hood.
0: Why? Here's my my main gripe with Leprechaun three, back to the hood. If you're gonna. Use the number two in your title. Why would that not be the second entry in your series? I
1: don't know. Don't let's not wait. Hold on. Let's not commit this because I don't. I just guessed that three is back to the hood. It could be. <laughs> it could be four back to the hood. I don't know. I don't want this to come back on us. Leprechaun like, back for believe, the hood. I can't believe these two horror nerds don't know that it's Leprechaun eight back three the hood. <laughs> these assholes. I don't. I don't want to commit to that. So that's fine. Are are we supposed to have a show? Are the mics on?
0: (laughs) The the, the mics are on. This is the part where you can take over.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Hello, everyone, and welcome to, once again, Frightful Failures. I am your ghost host with the most, Zach Romero. Joining me is your ghost host with the most, Tien Gagnol. Hello. Uh, Just cut that whole (laughs) intro out. Anyway, uh, we have a a, a somewhat seasonal uh, episode for you. Merry
0: Hanukkah, everybody. Oh, the... We're recording uh, late tonight again. Everyone should know. Uh, Zach insists on it. He begs me, "Please, can we record late Tian please?" I really, it's, it's. I, I think I'm more on my game, right? And I'm, I got a belly full of McDonald's, so th- we're about to get weird and wacky, baby.
1: First of all, that's a very flattering uh, impression of me. And mm-hmm. second of all, let it be struck from the record that anyone in the show utter the phrase, "It's going to get weird and wacky, baby." <laughs> That's our tagline. I'm (laughs) going to need you to uh,
0: edit a profile picture of that for Twitter uh, immediately after we stop recording. I I was afraid you were
1: going to ask to have that be on a shirt. Anyway. Uh,
0: Oh, yes, yes. Please, that.
1: So, we have a a holiday-themed episode here. We've got two Christmas-themed horror films. And so, of course, because of my role as the nostalgia cuck on the show, Mm -hmm. uh, I am in charge of our older of the two films... All the way back in the golden era of 2005, we're talking about Santa's Sleigh, which stars uh, one former professional wrestler, Bill Goldberg. Now you may be saying to yourself, if you've watched any or watched if you've listened to any of these episodes, hey, wait a minute, isn't Zach the the incel who watches wrestling? Yes, you're right. However, uh, this is like a monkey's paw situation in terms of having a holiday themed horror film starring a pro wrestler who was big in the 90s. That seems like a recipe for success with me. However, it is a big pile of dog shit as it turns out. So Santa Slay stars Bill Goldberg as the titular Santa and basically to sum it up sum it up succinctly, it is a very attempting to be edgy, Um, twist on the Christmas mythos where Santa is suddenly allowed to be evil and goes through and uh, the film starts by suggesting it's going to be just naughty people he's murdering but then he just kind of murders whoever the fuck he wants Um, so it's kind of the worst elements of Silent Night Deadly Night and um, yeah so he goes through this town he's murdering people left and right because it turns out that a millennia ago there was an archangel from heaven who had a curling match with him to decide the fate of Christmas, and Santa lost and had to be good for a thousand years. Blah, blah, blah. Now he gets to be evil, and so now there's going to be a showdown again, supposedly. I have given this film far too much of an intro already. Um, this movie is kind of balls. I think that if
0: you can get, no matter what your movie is, if you've got an intro and you can land Fran Drescher and Chris Catan, you got a movie. <laughs> I don't James know about Khan. you.
1: James Conn's in that scene too. Let's not... Uh, that's it.
0: true. Uh, you know, I actually... Uh, they, they may have said it and I was just caught completely off guard, but they may have... Uh, uh, they probably said it at the scene because, like you said, they are trying to be edgy, that this is a family at the beginning. Yes. But... Uh,
1: Although you're right. They don't actually say it. It's just a house. It's just an yeah, like aesthetic photo of a house, and then there's just... Yeah, but Fran
0: Fran Drescher and Chris Kattan's characters are are siblings, and they're, like, full-on, like, finger-fucking each other. No, they're not. No,
1: they're not. They,
0: they, They have the same last name I read on Wikipedia.
1: Right. Fran Drescher, Fran Drescher, the nanny, is married to James Caan.
0: Oh. Chris
1: Kattan is married to the other lady, and then there's the two kids. Now, the problem is, everyone on the table except for James Caan is basically the same age. So, it's very confusing. (laughs) That's true. Also, the other thing is, if I'm not mistaken, I believe everyone in that opening scene, the entire family, and Bill Goldberg, are all Jewish. Are Jewish, yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's so funny. It's Um, funny. I
0: laughed. As soon as I realized. And I didn't realize until I uh, read the Wikipedia several hours after watching the movie. And I laughed, heartily.
1: No, don't don't admit that. So, Hmm. yeah, basically... um, I realized this halfway through, this is just the episode of Futurama with the evil Santa robot, where like he's got um, an unrealistic expectation for people for, to be on the nice list, he just goes around murdering people. It's basically it really that, is. but uh, six years later, as I found out, the, the Futurama evil robot episode is 99, this Are was, you was serious? 2005. So yeah, no, wow. it's super
0: rips that off. Wow. wow, 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 wow. There's a lot of surprising things. So, uh, honestly, I think that, and, and, and we, we could do this. Uh, we go on the street up to people and we play them scenes from this movie and we say, What year do you believe this film came out? And I guarantee no one will guess later than like 96. Yeah, because basically. it just looks like an 80s or early 90s movie. It looks like, feels like, smells like, tastes like. It really does. Which,
1: it's not well lit anywhere. It's just like natural lighting in every scene. There's no real, like, direction to it. And and truth be told, the film very obviously is focused and centered and interested in Goldberg, Santa, just tearing shit up. Because... Yeah. The film breakdown is basically 70% Goldberg, Santa Claus, just scene to scene, just ruining stuff and killing people, and then 30% begrudged storyline and character work. Now, uh,
0: you know, as, as we said, uh, Zack being the, the wrestling incel that he is, I, I know very little about Mr. Goldberg, Santa himself. So
1: here's my question. Is
0: he related to Jesse Ventura? Because he sounds exactly like him.
1: No, that's just how wrestlers talk. When you, become, oh. when you graduate wrestling school, you just start uh, eating glass and smoking 40 packs a day, so you all have right. that same gruffy voice. No, um, the thing that's interesting about this is, so, Goldberg stars, and it's all about him just being physical and beating people up, which is fine. Goldberg, at his height in WCW, would have been 97,
0: 98-ish? What is that? WC, uh, is that another wrestling company or is yes. that Woman Crush Wednesday?
1: No, believe it or not, it is another uh, wrestling company that was a big competitor of WWE back in the 90s. Uh, it was World Championship Wrestling that uh, mm. was uh, centered in the South. So Goldberg was a very big deal in the very late 90s. Early 2000s, his star was kind of waning already, which may be how they got him to be in this movie. Um, but yeah, no, this movie just tries so hard to be edgy. Like, there's a line that the, uh, our main character, Nicholas, um, says to his like kind of sort of girlfriend where she gives him a toy that he asked for, but he hates Christmas, blah, blah, blah. And his, responded, his response is, he asks her if she's fucking retarded. And I was like, ooh, how edgy you are, movie. Well, uh, let me...
0: Uh, I may need to just go ahead and tell you this now, Zach, and, and this may drastically affect... Uh, our impressions of the movie Uh, so I kind of had a hard time finding this movie and so I ended up watching the edited for TV version on the sci-fi website what
1: (laughs) what (laughs) how what kind of experience is that i mean i have I so don't... many questions did I, Did you I... see was there a death where a guy at a strip club held a, a stri, wait a minute wait a minute no let me back up was there a scene where santa claus wiped down a stripper pole before yes. using it as a? Okay, okay yes okay uh was there a scene where he tasered someone's balls for no reason <laughs>
0: uh i i think
1: he tasers the chief of police nutsack for absolutely no reason.
0: Oh well, uh, I yeah, I, I believe so. I mean, the whole strip club scene is still in there. It's just all you know blurred out. But but it's it's in there, all right. Uh, and and then most most you know not safe for TV words like retarded are blurred out. So you
1: know. So the line, uh, I'm guessing the line, "I'm Santa Claus, not fucking Dracula," pa- didn't pack as much punch. While he was on the Zamboni.
0: Yeah, because yeah, I mean, uh, you know the 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 style of bleeping for TV, where they don't actually put a bleep in. they just kind of don't have the the curse word itself in. It's just right, kind just of silence yeah. for a second. Yeah, not as impactful, not as funny. Uh, still, still enjoyed it. C- can we just can we can we spend some time talking about Santa's one-liners in this movie?
1: Uh, like, who's your daddy, father? God damn Christmas, which is not mm-hmm. even
0: a punchline. No, that's not a punchline. I, I'll tell you, my favorite one was when he's chasing them through the, the through the library, and he knocks a Christmas Carol off a shelf, uh, or or rather, they do while he's chasing that
1: them. Was, that was such a goddamn stretch that, like, <laughs> like he has a smoke bomb magically and just throws it and like smokes the kids out, and they run to the next location or whatever. And yes, he just picks up a book. And just goes, hmm. The hol- Christmas can really scare the dickens out of people. And then his face even looks like he died inside because he's like, Jesus, sure we didn't he- even <laughs> fucking try for this one.
0: He literally, he's just like, like they are Crypt Keeper bad. Like, I, like I'm pretty sure I heard the Crypt Keeper like <laughs> just groaning in the background. <laughs> oh,
1: oh, God, Santa, <laughs> <You> can, why? <laughs> Christmas can scare the dickens out of anybody. Holy shit! Um, yeah, no, it's super weird. It's very, very weird. Um, what did you think of the whole mythos of it? Like, that Santa was actually the son of the devil, and he lost a curling match. It should
0: have been a push-up contest. He would have beat that
1: little pussy old grandpa easily. Which, by the way, again, the movie tries to do, like, oh, this angel, it took the form of a man and that's how we beat the devil's kid by the way our claymation looks exactly like the only old person in this fucking movie literally
0: I mean Why, I, I, what, <laughs> what could the reveal be they play it and they play it like you are supposed to actually be surprised when grandpa reappears as an angel when you literally watch santa track down the grandpa and murder him very intently and and, and, it's, and it's still meant to be a surprise like oh
1: What in the world? Although my favorite part of that surprise is so then Grandpa comes back Okay cool Now they're going to go chase Santa because now Santa's weakened Mm. And then the movie can't write itself out of Excuse me can't write itself out of the corner of Well now that they have Angel on their side what's going to stop them? And so they're just like Oh he can't leave the ice rink for some reason Oops Oopsies so, um well, let's let before I hit my my major mark here, let's talk about anything you all want to discuss in this terrible goddamn movie.
0: Well, I really like uh the part near the the beginning where Grandpa's basically introduced as Doc Brown. Um yeah. that they, they bring him in and it's like, ah, "Gramps, what what are you doing? You're working on these weird inventions again. You know, everybody in town thinks you're some kind of freak." And then what what I find so funny about that is that that's your introduction to his relationship with his grandpa's. It's kind of like a reluctant, this is my grandpa, he's really weird, everybody thinks he's weird. So then he gets on the couch with oh yeah the prettiest Jesus, I, girl in school basically i know exactly
1: where you're going with this yes. and i feel the exact same way <laughs> he, he,
0: essentially uh uh he, he grandpa comes in they have a little interaction and then grandpa leaves and he turns to the girl and sets her up says you Which, think by the
1: way by the way side note she is very polite is yes very sweet she is not a dick to grandpa who is clearly crazy she's just like well, have a wonderful night, and that's it. That's it, and then so he turns and basically tees her up,
0: uh, this little rager, and just says, "So you think my grandpa's crazy, don't you?" Just just poses that little question. Well, not
1: even that. Not even that. I wish he was that vindictive. He's like, "Gramps is pretty bananas, right?" Like very just like eh, we've all made that assumption, and, she, and she's like, "She's like, I wouldn't say bananas, like." He's just a little different, maybe. Yeah. And his response is, Oh, really? Because... Fuck you and the horse you rode in on. Yeah, he stands
0: up off the couch and goes, "Oh, oh, odd, eccentric. I'll tell you what's
1: odd and eccentric, F- fucking you, bitch." And then yeah, your uh, father being a hunter in this a- hunting community—that's crazy, you son of a bitch. <laughs> now like, let, let me say this: from?
0: Uh, the the the, the protagonist is sixteen, and uh, if I the prettiest girl in school on my couch when I was sixteen, I'd push my grandpa down the stairs for that. Right, you know, in order <laughs> if I. Was gonna get something on lock,
1: just a heavy makeout section. I'd be like, Guess what? Oh, oh my god, if she promised me
0: a little over the shirt, I'd be like, I will go kill my dad right now in front of you.
1: <laughs> if that's what you need, I'll do it right now. No questions, asked. no
0: questions, please. Mm. Uh, I'll, um,
1: step on my, I'll step on my grandfather's wrinkly nutsack if it just means we get to French for 15 minutes. I'll do it right now.
0: 15 seconds, hell. Um, so, <laughs> so.
1: So can I? Oh, so hit me with a couple other moments that stuck out to you.
0: Okay. Um, so uh, there, there seems to be this weird... I don't know what the main joke was, but there seems to be kind of a weird indiscretion about people's actual religious affinities and how Santa feels about killing them. Um, because obviously you have the opening scene with this all-Jewish cast, and then there's another scene where there's like a, a kosher deli right. and uh, Santa stabs a guy through the throat with a menorah. And other than that, they're all just, you know, regular, old, believe-in-Christmas Joes. And uh, it. it but I, I about... wasn't sure what the point they were trying to make was. By... Well,
1: here's the thing that confuses it further, and I don't know if this was in the edited version, but he kills the, 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 the deli owner with the menorah, which is like mm-hmm. blatant Jew violence. Yes. And you're like, okay. But then Evil Santa leaves the, the deli. Walks down the street and there's a group of rabbis and and Hasidic Jews on the corner who bump into Evil Santa and Evil Santa just sort of mean mugs them and just keeps walking. Yeah, he's so like, it's like gentlemen. Yeah, <laughs> he keeps going it's a lovely day and then just keeps going and I'm like, so wait, what is the point here? What are we trying to say? I respect all religions. <laughs> no, no, I I, you, I I didn't understand. And good things, gentlemen.
0: I did not understand that at all. Um, I understood in the sense that the story that we are told is that the reason why Santa was even cursed in the first place is that this day was always just kind of Santa's own little version of the purge where he's just like, I'm going to go out and kill as many people as I want uh, with no discretion. And so I get that in a sense, but uh, he seems to be, he seems to not really have a goal. Like you think he, and he says many times towards the climax of the film, like I've been waiting a thousand years, sorry, I've been waiting a thousand years to come and kill this angel that trapped me delivering presents to those brats. But, boy, he sure makes a lot of stops, uh, you know, at a strip club. and I was,
1: Yeah, I was going to say, with the strip club, by the way, I love that he establishes, like, because Angel Grandpa says, like, oh, hey, you got fat. And he's like, Mrs. Claus is a good cook. Okay, so Mrs. Claus does that exist. That
0: Post so many questions for me, that throwaway line. I was like, so Mrs. Claus is Clause this exists? demon married?
1: <laughs> that was part of the agreement. Like, okay. Not only do you have to be nice to the presents, but you have to settle down with this sweet old lady and she's going to That cook was the, the first shit. thing
0: he did once the thousand year bet was up is he just finalized divorce papers with Mrs. That's Claus. Why,
1: and that's why he made out with that stripper. So there you go. Can I tell you what I feel was the um the philosophy of this film? Please. Okay. There is a scene towards the mid to end of the movie where Nicholas were saying his girlfriend, but they treat it like they're not dating. But then she says, if you want a serious relationship, call me. So who the fuck knows? Uh, so Nicholas, his kind of girlfriend and crazy grandpa are in a bunker that grandpa has built to protect themselves from evil Santa, who was on the way. And Nicholas says, I can't believe this. We're trapped in a closet on Christmas with Santa trying to murder us. How fucked up is that? And I feel like that's the philosophy of this film because so much of it, even the edginess and the over-the-top the focus on just the violence that Santa is doing for no real goddamn reason, all seems to tie into this. It seems very kind of douche bro filmmaking in terms of like wouldn't it be crazy if like santa was like riding in and just like blew through a nativity scene and like decapitated a statue like wouldn't that be cr- would that blow your mind wouldn't that make you shit your pants like that's how this movie feels to watch i did shit my
0: pants but it, it literally it is it is the, uh, the type of movie that's designed to be more like after you've watched it and kind of go all right you know once the credits roll you will probably mention it to somebody. I know I did. You know, I went to work and said to some, you know, middle-aged woman said, Hey, I watched this movie and it's like Santa's a demon and he like sharpens a candy cane in his mouth and like shoves it into a dude's eye. And they're like, what? That sounds so wacky. Yep. That's exactly what the filmmakers. are
1: wacky. Can't you tell by my face?
0: Yeah, that's exactly what the filmmakers thought when they were making They said, won't this be wacky? People
1: will talk about it. Now I'm going to drop a I'm going to drop a truth bomb here in about oh, uh, 45 seconds. But first I want to ask you what your favorite part of the movie was because my favorite part of the movie was when Evil Santa is riding through town in his sleigh and he catches the uh the local preacher in the sleigh also dressed as Santa. And the preacher says, "What in God's name are you doing?" and he says, "Oh, I'm just here to spread a little Yuletide Fear, And then my favorite part is The preacher turns back Towards the camera And sits there for a beat And you can really see The years of Juilliard training Just slipping away Just like a kiss in the wind Just gone forever His dignity forever tainted He'll never be able to be taken seriously As an actor And then Bill Goldberg punches him in the mouth Comically But there's, like, a beautiful moment of just hanging there, going, A, that was a terrible line, B, this is a terrible movie, C, am I a terrible person for being in this movie? Like, I want to see just the film that played through that man's head in that moment, of, like, all the events that led him up to going, yeah, I'll take the money, sure, and just being like, if he's still alive, if he didn't just immediately go and kill himself after the wrapping of this film... I am shocked. He is a braver man than I. Uh, Perhaps he didn't
0: know that the cameras were rolling at that point. They just said like, all right, hold. Bill's going to say his line in a second. Just hold. And then they happened to capture that look on his face while he just was, everything was flipping through.
1: Yeah, the light just sort of dimmed in his eyes for a moment. It was very (laughs) sad.
0: I do, uh, first of all, uh, we've had this moment before. I don't know if you recall, but... uh, uh, Tommy Tiny Lister. Do you, does that name yes. ring a bell? Yes. 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 Yeah, and I, I called him the guy from uh, the boat scene in The Dark Knight, and you told me not to talk shit about Debo from Friday. Uh, right. But yes, he's from Dracula 3000. He has another cameo. And I was thinking, honestly, pulling up that dude's IMDb, like we, we need to do like a feature on just
1: that man and his well, various he, cameos. Here's the way to tie this all together. He played the bad guy... In a film called No Holds Barred, starring Hulk Hogan. And Debo played a villainous wrestler, even though he's not trained to be a wrestler. But because this was, I believe, the late 80s, if not early 90s, uh, WWF incorporated that into storyline. So Macho King, Randy Savage, evil macho man, and Debo from Friday teamed up against Hulk Hogan. Wow. Very dumb, by the way, in case you were curious. Very dumb.
0: I've got a question about, and I'm trying to think of another example of this, aside from The Terminator, but it's laid out in this movie exactly like The Terminator, where we know the character that we are seeing being dropped into our world, essentially, is the biggest, baddest motherfucker you've ever seen in your whole life. And for some reason, random dudes on the street just want to pick a fight with him.
1: Yeah, it's not like he's hidden that he's built like a brick shit house. like, he's fucking huge, he's like, at least six feet tall, he is probably, at that time, you're looking at probably 280, 290, maybe more, and he's just ripped to Jesus and back, and yeah, the, the story's like, oh, but this hoodlum's gonna come and fuck his day right up, like, in what world is that even a possibility? Yeah. Like, but uh, but but you you think the same thing
0: when you're watching like naked Arnold in the '80s and some random guy's like, "Hey, you big motherfucker! Like, why don't we uh, take this outside?" And he just snaps his neck in half or whatever. Uh, I, I'm not sure why. I mean, I guess you, you got to have some. You got to have conflict in a movie, Zach. That's that's what I've learned do, doing this
1: show. Sure, that's 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 a basic element of filmmaking. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's what I've learned, and I think oh, okay. that we're we're better filmmakers for it. I
1: would say excellent. So, can I drop my truth bomb real quick, please? So I don't. So, if anybody who's listened to the previous episodes of, of Failures, I don't want this to become um, an overused meme. Like, for instance, in video games, you know how everything is the Dark Souls of everything. Yes, you know, Crash Bandicoot is the Dark Souls of platformers. Yes, Fire of the Dragon is the Dark Souls of collectathons. Yes, blah blah blah. Um, I don't want this to become that. However, in this case, I feel it's very apropos. Santa Slay from 2005 is the maximum overdrive of Christmas movies. I would agree with that. You have a preacher who is sleazy because that's supposed to be like deep and meaningful. Um, majority of the heroes of this film spend the movie hiding and or confused about the situation. The film is more impressed with action and explosions than horror. And by and large, the film is more of just a terrible attempt at a comedy more so than a horror film, which both of those, I think it describes both movies.
0: Yeah. No, that's very accurate. I I really, I'm not sure, I, I cannot decide whether it is a compliment or just sort of a cop out, eh, you know, is this really the only reason you made this to say that it truly feels like an 80s slasher? Uh, a bad one, you know? Uh, because I think that that especially feels true at the ending of this movie, if we could talk about that for a second. Okay. First and foremost, I'm maybe not surprised, but I would say... Uh, I would have lost the bet, if I were a betting man, that this movie didn't end with uh, evil Santa, Goldberg Santa, getting trapped for another thousand years into being Santa again. Mm-hmm. Because, to my understanding, this is a movie that's set in the real world, where, you know, the world would keep on spinning with a Santa Claus that still delivers presents every year. Right. Uh, so... I guess maybe, you know, uh, being as edgy as the movie is, they want to imply, like, sorry, everybody, Christmas was canceled for good, because the movie ends with Santa getting away and then being in disguise as the biggest biker you've ever seen in your whole life, uh, getting a ticket and then sitting between two old ladies at the airport to uh, head back to the North Pole and presumably, uh, you know, start, start the whole cycle over again. Right. So, uh... A couple things. First off, that whole ending, I think, is very, very 80s. It reminds me of kind of the ending of Deadly Friend in a lot of movies of the era, where uh, all awful? of us... Yes, awful, but just sort of dis- feeling very disconnected, and it's just kind of a whatever scene, and then a Devo oh, song like, starts um, playing.
1: Like, uh like, just like really unnecessary and almost like takes away yes from the story yes a uh, distracting i would say would be a good way to put it. i would say so
0: yeah i don't know what what do you think about the ending
1: oh i think it's dog shit i think it's all dumb um i think it's sequel bait for something that was never going to happen and i think it was just i don't know i think it was just really ridiculous like they blow up santa and his bison and everything's dead and okay and like you said now you've introduced all these questions of like, well, wait, how is a world where Santa exists and is delivering presents every year, how is that world going to exist now that that shift has happened? No, we don't have time to explain that. We don't have time to go into that. Okay. So now angels exist, by the way. that There has been definitive proof that angels and demons exist. Is that going to change the world? No, we don't have time to get into that. Okay. Okay. Uh, what we do have, though, is this kind of throwaway joke where, oh, no, no, my last name is, is like, Seaton not not Satan, or whatever the bullshit was, mm-hmm. um, and that's that. And, and And, like, you expect something zany to kind of happen, but no, he just sits down between two old ladies, and they play, like, a terrible song written for the movie... Where it was like "fuck you, Santa," you fucking killed my granddad, and I'm like, okay, well, this wasn't worth any of this. I'm and not wrong, right? Because bad. they they do throw
0: um, his what whatever you call the sphere that's used in curling uh, into the hellhole in the middle of the ice rink, and it yes. closes up. And there's yep. sort of the implication there, like, uh-oh, Santa, you, you fucked up. Now you did lose the bet again, but there's no real confirmation that indeed the the contract has been signed. It's another thousand years for you, buddy. It seems like he just kind of
1: got away. True, but now that you brought that up, now theoretically I guess it would just start over, and now he's back to being good again. Which would explain like why he wasn't murdering people in the airport. So here's the difference. You watched that scene and you went, wait a minute, how is this relating to... I My brain had already shut off at that point. And I was just <laughs> sitting there I was as still... an empty husk as he's like, oh, brah, brah, brah. Where's my plane ticket? I got to check this bag in. I was just already dead inside. I was long gone. I was thinking about you know Muppet Christmas Carol and shit like that.
0: Right. Okay. Well, yeah. I guess that's the difference. I was still trying to uh, figure out, and I was also googling uh, Santa Slay stripper scene uncensored at the time.
1: <laughs> right. Well, I mean that's good. That's important.
0: <laughs> any any uh, final thoughts here on uh, Santa Slay, Zach? Yeah.
1: Fuck this movie. I don't care that it was like basically made for me and like my kind of like. Oh, it's a bad horror movie, and it's got a wrestler in it. I don't care. I fucking hated it. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Well, we're going to take a break. Okay.
0: Zach. Yes. You know it's that time of year. Yes. It's that time of year, buddy. You got anybody buddy of mine you want to give a gift to? I mean, oh, well, okay, I know, like, you and I and, like, the personal, like, people in our lives. Like, like we sometimes, we've got the gifts all worked out. Have you? Are you behind on your shopping, right? Isn't that the, the whole thing? Is like, oh, I'm so behind on my shopping. Is that, is that you right is
1: now? A, I feel like, again, that's a very flattering impression you've done of me. And I really appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. I, it was
0: a general impression of, of people. Oh, I see. But but I'm glad you're so self-conscious. You gotta <laughs> make it back, okay? Well, you literally um,
1: started with, "Oh, aren't you like this?" And then you did a voice
0: the f- the formal that would you. I like, was
1: like, "Oh, aren't you just like this?" Mm, Zig Heil, Zig Heil. Aren't you just like that? Like, would, would <laughs> why you go, is
0: every impression you do of me a Nazi?
1: Hmm? I call him like I see him. Anyway,
0: wow. Uh, yes, uh, no. Okay.
1: I have I have plenty of people that I have not shopped for yet because I'm a terrible person. Yeah, um,
0: I have as well uh, but but I, I think that if we pray real hard I think Goldberg Santa will hear I'm sorry the phrase if might we
1: pray just... real hard out of you was uh, <laughs> was funnier than anything I'll ever be able to come up with for this show <laughs> if we pray um, real hard
0: <laughs> real hard and we hold our dicks real tight okay. That's a little um, more I think that Goldberg Santa will hear our prayers and he will deliver the gifts that we want to give so what do I want to give um Okay, Um, I want to give... I know, I want to give YouTube a better way of hearing from their viewers, the the people that make up their base. Maybe some kind of comment system Hmm? where when people watch a video, they'll be able to write their impression of it, and then YouTube could read that and
1: use that feedback to... Make
0: better content.
1: Well, I should write this down. Yeah, that's true. That's a groundbreaking idea. Um, for me, I would have to say. Let me think. Number one on my list of uh, people to give a Christmas gift to. Well, um, I have to say, um, hmm, probably I have fucking nobody. I'm 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 full of hate. I hate outwardly, and uh, I, I have no one that I, oh, that I truly... come on, can't.
0: Zach. I'm sure you could come up with somebody here. I'll give you uh, another gift, I think, that uh, somebody really needs. Um, okay. I would like to give a gift to all the gamers out there that don't have phones, so they can play Diablo Immortal. That's true. see how great it's to true. Me. So... That that's I think that's a really I mean it's gonna require a lot you know that's a lot of people out there that don't have phones apparently but 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 I think that we can pull it off if we pray real hard.
1: Well, I think if we pray, um, to sweet baby Goldberg Jesus, that yes. maybe
0: that's a muscular baby Jesus. Maybe
1: one thing I have a perfect gift and it's a gift for someone okay. that we've actually um, talked about on the show before, someone very near and dear to our hearts. Great. And, uh, someone who's been getting a lot of um, attention lately. I would give the gift of a penis to yes. one Sonic the Hedgehog, because uh, we just got a teaser poster for his film in which a camera is where his like unfettered pisshole would be, and there's just nothing there, and so he's like a Ken doll, and I feel very sorry for him. So how are we going to have the graphic
0: scene where he fucks Amy in the movie? The scene that the fans
1: have been demanding since the dawn of time.
0: No, let's, let's be serious. He's going to fuck a human woman. I think.
1: Let's not, let's not split hairs here. He's definitely hey, going to um, take I, werewolf form <laughs> and he's going
0: to fuck a grown <laughs> oh, woman. Hey, hang on a second. I actually, I just got an email of a secret scene from Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes, go on. Um, Wow, this is crazy. What perfect timing. Uh, um, Okay, so they say it's an exclusive scene. They were so proud of the way we presented the trailer in the last episode that they wanted us to play it right here on the show. So hang on. Don't do this again. Don't (laughs) you screw. I I have to. Don't Don't do this again. Why would you
1: do it again? I have to
0: play this scene for you guys. Okay. All right. So here we go. Let's just play it real quick here. Alright Eggman Uh, I'm Ryan Reynolds and I'm looking at the camera and Hey all you people out there You enjoying the movie? Make sure to go get some popcorn Back to you Eggman Uh, Are you ready to Get uh, killed? Sonic Mm,
1: Somebody stop me I, I lost. Okay. I lost who you were being. I thought you were being a very low key Jim Carrey when you just ask, um Sonic, "Do you um, do you want to die?" I thought this Eggman no, was no. very no. no I'm and, sorry. Oh, I, I paused ironic.
0: the scene. Um, no, Sonic is talking to Eggman right. there, I see. Okay. um, and, and that's, uh, I, like I that's said, Ryan, I thought, that's Ryan Reynolds, thought, you can hear yes, him. I heard
1: that. Can, I, thought, <laughs> yes. I thought, Jim Carrey was just playing, like, a millennial version no. of Robotnik, Okay, where he was like, yeah. hey, I wish I was dead. <laughs>
0: well, that's how Jim Carrey is now, he's, he's actually, his version of Eggman is in the Illuminati, from what I can tell from this trailer, um, but yeah, it looks like, so Sonic... He, he, he goes into a ball, and he. I'm just kind of narrating the scene, obviously you guys can't hear it, but he rolls over Jim Carrey as Eggman, and then uh, Eggman is squashed to the ground, and he leans up and he goes, What, Ma? I'm Roadkill! Ha <laughs> so, ha! Um, so
1: does the movie just exist within old Jim Carrey references? Nothing like, oh, then he paints a weird abstract painting of Sonic, and it's a political message. Like, it's only... Stuff from like 1996 and earlier.
0: He, um, well, no, because uh, they also sent me a scene. We'll jump where... to the end
1: where Eggman looks into the camera and goes, "Hmm, I guess Earth Girls are easy."
0: No, no, no. It's 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 later than that. Um, he, when he uh, says, uh, when he looks at Egg... when he
1: looks at Amy, goes, hmm, "Once bitten, twice shy."
0: No, no. He 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 says to Tails who, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, is uh, played by Kevin Spacey in this movie, which I thought was very... Very brave. B- b- very brave, <laughs> yes. But you knew our house.
1: <laughs> well, good night, everybody. That's the end of the show. I, we hope you've enjoyed it. Please unsubscribe, because you don't deserve to hear this. Nobody does. No, uh, (laughs)
0: okay, um, really all (laughs) Eggman has to say is, um, is he, he looks out at the audience and he says, uh, he starts listing off names and, and he says, hate, hate, double hate, (laughs) loathe!
1: Uh, At least that was, at least that was slightly more recent. I'm mean, yes. still. You're, we're still like twenty five <laughs> years off, but that's fine.
0: All right. Well. Um, anyways, those are the people we'd like to get uh, Christmas <laughs> gifts for this year. <laughs> oh my god! I forgot what the fucking so segment was. All right. Uh, yes. Well, there's that. So uh, another quality segment from Frightful <laughs> Failures. Uh, let's get back to the show. Oh, uh, welcome back, everybody, to the Sonichu Podcast. That's,
1: it. that's where we are.
0: Um, so, um... Alright, so, Zach, uh, I think... And here's the thing. To give a little uh, inside baseball, um, yes, you usually do uh, pick the older of the two films, although usually it's more of a significant gap in age. This time... Um, I had actually kind of landed on Santa Slay, thought that would be a good movie to talk about for our Christmas episode here, uh, our holiday episode to be all-inclusive. Um, and you proposed that we talk about a little film that came out in 2015 called Krampus. And um, Now, I had never seen the...
1: Krampus, so I thought that was sort of gutsy on my part, but I know that you've obviously got familiarity with it.
0: Uh, yeah, um... And, and I believe that, you know, the kind of the, the, the logic you used was, well, you know, at the very core of their stories, they're similar. In terms of Krampus is a very old uh, European mythos about essentially the evil counterpart to Santa, about who deals with the naughty children. Not just getting coal in your stocking, but getting kidnapped by a giant, you know, demonic goat creature, essentially being punished. Um but and having that be very similar to the idea of an evil santa who's been cursed to you know uh deliver presents but and we'll get into this a little later this movie has a lot more similarities to Santa's Slay than I could have ever possibly imagined. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, but, but let's just talk about Krampus here. So let's jump in. I'll uh, give you guys... A lot of people have seen this movie, and a lot of people really love this movie. And I'll just go ahead and put this out there to all the horror fans, of which we are a part of your community. So let us not... We're not you just know, a part
1: of the uh, Sonic community. We are part of the horror community. Or the incel community. Yes, we, we are a part of the...
0: Uh, horror community and you guys we we as a community we don't just have to blindly love a horror movie just because it, uh, it doesn't suck is, well sure but also just because it's Silly, or it's a, a different premise than your typical horror movie. It's not a ghost story. It's not a haunted house movie. It's a Santa, uh, a Christmas horror movie, or it's another holiday horror movie, or it's some kind of horror comedy. They, they all have the opportunity to be bad. But I feel like, especially right now, and I'm sure you would, uh, you're experiencing this as well, Zach, that when you're on Instagram or, or whatever. All you're seeing right now among the various horror communities are like, My 25 days of uh, horror Christmas! And they're watching the Black Christmas remake, and uh, like the sequels to Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Christmas Evil, and movies that are BAD! And they're just... Kind of blindly going along with them because, well, it's a Christmas horror movie. I mean, how many of those do we really have? A lot, apparently. Right. A lot. So, Quite so a few. basically,
1: so to kind of sum up what you're saying here is, we can be selective about holiday-themed horror films. We don't have to just accept them because, oh, how interesting! You know, they're it's a it's a different take on this. and da 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 da. It's like, yeah, but we can still judge them as films. Like, if they're bad, they're bad. We don't have to... Then no, overall, you can still enjoy them, but I completely agree with what you're saying in terms of you can't just go like, oh, well, every Christmas horror film is on the must-watch list. Mm, no, not agree.
0: Yeah, and, and the thing is, a lot of people really, really, really love The 2015 Krampus movie. And I know that because a lot of your kind of contemporary horror brands like Fright Rags and like Waxwork um, make a lot of Krampus things and are producing a lot of Krampus content and merchandise right now as we speak that you can go get. Um, and well, uh, here's the thing. I sound like I'm setting it up to say this is a shit movie. It's not a shit movie. Uh, why don't we just dive in? Here's the story, everybody. Yes. So uh, Krampus, for those of you who don't know it give you kind of the basic um, German and I believe some other Eastern European cultures. Nordic perhaps uh, believe uh, and have taught their children from an early age that you're not going to eat coal in your stocking if you're bad, you're going to uh, have an encounter with the Krampus, which is this uh, giant, you know, six or seven foot tall goat creature that walks on its hind legs and usually carries a big basket on its back and is going to pick these little kids up and throw them right in the basket. Um, and take them and, you know, uh, torture them for some indeterminate amount of time, flog them with this big cat of nine tails that you'll often see uh, the Krampus carrying and a lot of uh, classic artwork of it. Um, and so the story of this particular movie is that there is a very modern American family, and... I don't want to dive into my problems with the movie quite yet, but it's a very modern American family. They're having issues. Um, And so the uh, son, this young son, he's probably nine, 10, maybe, um, writes a letter to Santa. And because of uh, how poorly the sort of pre-Christmas dinner that's happening, somewhere around the 22nd is going, uh, he lights the letter on fire and just like sends it out into the wind. And that... Complete um, disregard for Santa and the Spirit of Christmas summons the Krampus. And so a giant snowstorm falls over this whole neighborhood. And they become plagued by evil toys, evil elves, and the titular Krampus himself. And that's the basic story.
1: So you mentioned that this has a lot of similarities to Santa's sleigh. I also felt this intro was almost beat for beat from Home Alone with, with Macaulay Culkin yeah like, here's yeah, yeah, the extended yeah. family they show up they're all like cartoonishly assholes and the little kid who just wants to you know do his own thing and be a good kid basically gets the shit end of the stick all it was missing was the younger brother who pees the bed uh, that was all that was missing from from this setup which was ripped right from Home Alone
0: also finding a picture of his older brother's girlfriend and saying <laughs> that's
1: true That's that's a very important part of that movie Yes, it is.
0: Um, Now, uh, I actually, uh, I think the the earlier part of the intro that makes me kind of roll my eyes a little more is this very heavy-handed, been done a million times, look how modern America has forgot the spirit of Christmas and it's all become material, you know, rushing into Target to get the newest, latest toy and stepping on Grandma's throat in the process of getting in there. And that's the whole uh, actual intro before we're met with the family and uh, which
1: i suppose that's supposed to be a heads up to be like oh we're taking a hard look at the darker side of christmas like i feel like that's kind of what the purpose of that is but i also agree it's very heavy-handed
0: it's very heavy-handed um so we we meet our our
1: primary cast
0: adam scott is the father who i love dearly i love adam scott um tony collette is the mother let me ask you a question zach did you see a little film called hereditary yes I cannot look at Tony Collette the ever again. Uh, honestly, she just seeing her in this movie gave me like PTSD flashbacks and Is I she's going
1: to be hovering and hacking off her own head.
0: Yes, and I I nothing scared me in this film as much as just Tony Collette's presence when she's in the background and I'm like I got I got my eye on you, Tony. I know <laughs> your games. I know I know what you can do. Um What else? We got the maid from Two and a Half Men. Um, Uh, Champ, you
1: betcha, from uh, uh, Anchorman is the uh, the other dad.
0: Yes. Um, So it's kind of a, it's a good cast. Um, So here's the thing. Let's kind of dive in both feet first into uh, Krampus here. So Krampus fully had the ability to be this generation's gremlins. Mm -hmm. And that is what I wanted. That's what I expected. And there is a point in this film where it feels like this cannot get any better. This is exactly what I wanted out of this. And here it is. Well, first of all, let me me
1: give slightly a bit more context here before you drop your truth bomb. Yeah. So when the kid summons Krampus accidentally, what ends up happening is... um, Basically, one by one, the family that is now isolated in this house due to the snowstorm begins getting picked off. And the the premise is basically setting up that this kid will lose all of his family members and he will be left alone as a reminder of what happens when the spirit of Christmas dies and when there is no more hope. Um, because we find out that's what happened to his grandma way back when. Um, and she accidentally... Brought in the Krampus, he killed her whole family and left her alone to to be this reminder. And boy, oh boy, did Grandma drop the ball because this family's real shitty. But anyways, so the whole buildup of suspense in the first act is that Max loses his sister; she gets grabbed by the Krampus. Then they lose their cousin who gets sucked up the chimney. You know we're starting to lose family members and things are starting to get real scary. But also, you haven't actually seen a real monster yet. You've seen a little bit of the Krampus, but he's just sort of this hulking lump with horns. You don't really get like a good glimpse of him. It's sort sort of like uh, you know John Carpenter's The Thing in the beginning. You're not really seeing it, but you know it's something horrific. Um, now, please continue with with when things kind of take a turn for you.
0: Okay, so we'll, we'll we'll kind of dive first into what ends up being the best sequence in the whole movie, and I'm sure that you will agree. Uh, on this. Oh, crap. We gotta do that stupid thing we do every episode. Alright, so on the count of three, I guess just name your favorite scene in the movie. Okay? Okay. Okay. Alright. Uh, three, two, one. Krampus drops fight. a kid. Okay. Krampus drops a kid?
1: Yeah, at the end when he drops Max in the hole. But I'll get into that in a second.
0: Oh, okay. Alright. Um, uh, okay. So, so, I think that, uh, me personally... Uh this movie reaches its Gremlins era high point. And here's the thing, before I before I say this, the reason why this movie was so hyped is that the director is the gentleman who did Trick-or-treat, mm-hmm. which is everyone's like third favorite Halloween movie. You know, you're like Hocus Pocus, Beetlejuice, Trick-or-treat. Um, for people in terms of what they got to watch every year. Um, so, so, so everyone's really excited and we're expecting this is fully going to be the best encapsulation of kind of Krampus and the myth. And I believe at the time, like Krampus was at kind of a real high. Like, a few years ago, 2015, we were seeing a lot of like, oh, maybe Kevin Smith is going to do some kind of Krampus movie, or, like, you know, I think there were a couple... Wasn't there, like, a Supernatural episode or something with Krampus? Like, I a so, lot of... But,
1: but there was also, kind of, like, pop-culturally, I remember there being a ton of articles of, like, did you know that there's, like, an evil Santa Claus that's in yes, Europe? Like, it was
0: very much in the zeitgeist at the time, and so we were like, okay, we get a full-fledged Wide release movie telling the story of Krampus in proper, like horror comedy, uh, horror action kind of format. This is going to be great. And the scene that I'm about to talk about is the part that is great, which is that once, as Zach was saying, the family members start to get picked off, we're left with, you know, a few people. We're left with, uh, Champ from Anchorman and his two, uh, Bulldog <laughs> daughters. Um, and. <laughs>
1: This episode got very edgy all of a sudden.
0: Side uh, note, that. though.
1: Side note. Tien's not wrong. I'll <laughs> give you that.
0: I'll have to edit that out, too. Um, okay, so... Um, <laughs> so, um, So, Champ's two lovely daughters... Yes, Champ's two lovely daughters um, uh, We're left with the, the main kid who wrote the note, uh, the the, you know, disgusting, horrible aunt, the baby, Adam Scott... Tony Collette, (laughs) Um, and also Champ's wife. So almost everybody. Um, And they split up because the daughters go upstairs to investigate something. They think they hear uh, the sister's voice, who's been captured. It was the first one captured. Before
1: that, they went upstairs because the sassy, horrible aunt clogged up the shitter downstairs. And they had to use the one that was upstairs.
0: Yes. Um, so, so they're going up to explore the attic, and they find uh, the Jack in the Box toy that is horrifying. Uh, it's like eight feet long, and just a giant, disgusting worm with like a classic marionette face. Um, and so they start to get swallowed up by it. The family chases up after them and they encounter a bunch of other evil toys. Giant, evil, sharp-teeth teddy bear. This horrifying little angel baby, uh, with a disgusting little, like, snake tongue and sharp teeth and a little, uh, robot. So they all start fighting these evil toys. Meanwhile, Champ is downstairs in the kitchen and evil gingerbread man that we had not necessarily seen but were heavily implied by how the the fat kid was taken up the chimney that they existed um are fighting him in the kitchen and at this point it's full it's gremlins it's small soldiers it's great it's very silly but somewhat suspenseful action Um, there's like actual injuries happening, like kind of cringe-inducing injuries like you get in Small Soldiers where it's like, oh God, I know these are toys, but like they just shot a nail gun into somebody's leg or whatever. Um, and it's it's full high point for me of the movie. And uh, that was the point at which I said, this movie did exactly what I wanted to do. Great. Now it if, all went downhill I, from there.
1: If I may jump in. Sure. Um, I could not... In my wildest dreams, disagree with you more. My God. Like, All right, first on this show, ladies and gentlemen. I 100%, without a doubt, fucking hated the toys, and I fucking hated the gingerbread man. Why? Tell because, me why. Because up until that point, you are building a very, very tall suspense cake. You've got this sort of nebulous beast, which is just going after people as soon as they leave the house. So then my thought is, okay, so now there's going to be either more discomfort in the house and they're going to have to leave one by one, or somehow Krampus is going to get in and is going to start taking, or maybe, here's basically what I was picturing. I was picturing this as like the Babadook where like this is just a, a force of nature that can't be reasoned with and is going to kill this fucking annoying kid. By the way, um, speaking of Babadook, Max, the main character, I put him in mm. second place in terms of annoying children and horror that I hope the monster kills. Obviously, the kid from the Babadook takes the cake on that one. Um, well, there's no autistic screeching
0: coming from Max. But, <laughs> right, but, but I fucking
1: hate Max. I hate Max because why? He's, he's quick to violence and they're just kind of like, oh man, come on, kid. And uh, yes, he's the catalyst for bringing the Krampus in. However, once the film is actually up and moving, this kid does fuck all. All he does is he just stands in the way, doesn't listen to adults, and asks the shittiest questions. Like when, the, when Adam Scott and Champ come back in and they've already encountered the Krampus and Champ almost got sucked in by whatever the snowworm is, And they're like, oh fuck, this is bad, wait a minute, we gotta play it cool because we don't want to freak the kids out. And they're like, hey kids, go in the kitchen, hang out for a minute, we're gonna figure this out. Max, standing right fucking next to the parents, just going like, what is all this about? Hey fucko, your parents said go stand in the goddamn kitchen. Then, the only other thing Max does in this movie until the end is ask the shittiest questions. Oh my god, champ's about to go run outside. Holy shit, everything's up in the air. Oh, very tense, very tense. Camera, cut to Max. Dad, what are we going to do now? I don't know, numbnuts. The fucking devil's outside. Or, oh, okay, we boarded the house up like it's Night of the Living Dead. What? Oh, I wonder what's the next move. What is out there? I don't know. Hey, Dad, are we going to die? You're going to fucking die because you're the goddamn buzzkill here. I fucking hated Max. But anyways, no... I felt like the movie was building a very sound structure in terms of suspense. We have a monster outside. The Big Bad Wolf is outside. And you got to keep the fire hot. And we're running out of supplies. And this is bad. Where where does this go from here? And the answer is, what if just fucking Nightmare Before Christmas happened upstairs for no goddamn reason? (laughs) And even Adam Scott's like... Are, he says it like three times in the attic, and he's like, "Are you fucking serious right now?" Like, even the characters are like, "I thought this was a spooky movie. What the hell is all this about? Why is there a pennywise think He was asking,
0: "Are you are you serious?" Yeah, he to was asking the director. The director off screen? Ask,
1: <laughs> he's like, "No, keep going, keep going." He's like, "No, are you serious right now? Is this actually <laughs> happening?" They didn't Um, tell
0: them what was about to go on upstairs. Right. They just started throwing puppets at them.
1: Yeah. And then like the bear is super cheese and the, and the fucking robot toy is like, Oh, what is going on here? Why are we doing this? I felt like if you cut that whole segment out and it just goes from Krampus is stalking to grandma tells the backstory to the elves bust in the window, start taking family members and then the family members all basically die because it's almost like can we talk about the run to the car and how yeah. it, and how it super felt like the movie ran out of money and or time because it's just like I don't know all the adults are dead I guess
0: yeah well that's my main issue with it is okay, okay so I guess we disagree uh, entirely on kind of what our ideal version of this would be right I, because,
1: but in in your defense I did not go into this hoping for Gremlins. So now that you've mentioned that, I'm like, oh, I totally see that. If that was the intention, I totally get that. I was coming into this as like, okay, this is an interesting mythos story brought into a modern era, and it is a morality tale, basically. So that's what I was expecting. I was expecting more of like a Twilight Zone episode where it's like, hey, this ending's going to be real shitty and everyone's going to be real depressed. Like, that's what I was expecting out of this.
0: I just don't know where else you could have gone with if you didn't have any other aspect of like, well, how do you twist the the classic kind of a cute and cuddly nature of Christmas into something evil and twisted. I don't know how you could have uh, explored that at all without doing something that is cheese. Which, by the way, Captain Cheese sitting across from me saying, Oh, it's bear so cheese. It's, the, uh, it's pretty cheese, isn't it? Oh, Very cheese. You you are cheese. Like, it's your
1: life. Why You, you don't like to be, to be a fair, silly looking bear? I am cheese, but here's the thing. If you're going to tell me, well, here's this Eastern European, you know, uh, Gam Gam was in Russia and all they had was a loaf of bread for a family. And it's this old, you know, it's from a different era kind of demon that's coming to town. And then you're telling me the Zap Zap robot machine is part of that. And (laughs) the fucking gumball eye fucking gingerbread man who waits to be bitten before he goes surprise i'm alive and i have this chain that i can control for some reason yeah no i'm gonna go ahead and call that into question and go hmm i feel like we lost the plot at some point
0: well i mean there's there's uh you know there's there's no knowing what kind of weird christmas uh, cartoon thing, Grandma have to had to deal why, with back in the day. At
1: this point, why not go like, "Oh no, here comes Krampus's best friend, the fucking Charlie in the box from the goddamn Island of Misfit Toys," or "Fucking, where was Rudolph there to like rape somebody?" Because it's so <laughs> crazy how they're turning this on its side. That would have been very edgy for sure. <laughs> um, that's what this movie was missing was edginess. That is one hundred What this podcast
0: about is about is edginess. Let's um, get, what's okay. the edgy
1: factor of this?
0: Edge Lords, the podcast. Um, So, okay, so so we disagree on it entirely, but here's the thing. I think what we do agree on, though, is that even if you, whether you like or dislike this whole sequence, the movie feels like it doesn't have anywhere else to go at this point, and so it goes, fuck it, just have all the elves just crashing through the living room. And so they do all of his little helpers with their little spooky masks, they pile in and they just kind of corner the whole family and go, Hey, uh, Krampus is coming. They drag uh, the aunt away uh, with the giant Jack in the box and, and the baby. Yes. Um, and, uh, and then they're just like introducing Krampus and he comes in and, uh, the, 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 yes, as Zach was referring, there's a kind of a run to the car in which most of them are kind of sucked down by the sandworm, the snowworm, rather. And uh, and then the the thing is, you get this final, and, and here's where I will agree with you, is that there is a harsh contrast in aesthetic when you take this very slow, solemn scene that happens when Krampus interacts with the grandma once again. You know, this is... The most formative memory from her childhood, the thing that made her who she is, she's seeing this eternal beast once more. She has the interaction with him. They're staring at each other, and she and she still has the the little brass ornament that he gave her as a reminder to never forget uh, the spirit of Christmas and she he's kind of slowly reaching out this long claw and tracing it along her face and it's this very slow kind of well-paced scene and almost then like he like,
1: remembers her too
0: yeah yeah and then he's like okay well here you go and he opens the bag and then there's a bunch of cgi fucking toys in there that go ah! and and grab her and and that was the point i was like, like huh I guess those do look kind of stupid when you pair it up next to, like, this very solemn mythical beast.
1: But, uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe they are stupid. So, so anyway, so the, the family plan is we're going to make this human chain run out to the snow plow and they'll be good to go. That falls apart in, like, ten seconds. Uh, all the adults get sucked down into the sand snowworm area. And then uh, Max's last cousin gets yanked by the elves... And so then Krampus makes the big reveal to Max, hands him the brass bell ornament that's that's like the Krampus's calling card as like mm-hmm. a hey. And it's wrapped in the torn up pieces of Max's letter as like a hey, fuck you, by the way. You started all of this, you little shit. And I was like, okay, this is pretty fucking it was a punch in the gut. So then the kid's not going to take it. And he runs and he chases after Krampus. And they're having this weird like pagan kind of like dance ritual around a fire pit. <laughs> And uh, they're going to throw the cousin in the pit as a final sacrifice. And so Max comes in and he's like, no, I take back my wish. I don't want this. This isn't what I wanted. And so he goes and like pleads with uh, Krampus. And he's like, take me instead. Leave my family alone. Just take me. I'm the asshole, blah, blah, blah. And he's crying and Krampus like wipes away a tear off of Max's face. And it's like this very suspenseful, sentimental moment. Then Krampus laughs and just yanks this kid up by the head and fucking just throws his ass in the pit. But he says he's sorry first. Um, Max says that he's sorry. He just wanted Christmas to be like it was. And Krampus just tosses his ass in anyway. And I fucking love that. I thought that was like such a fuck you ending of like, no, no, that's not what Krampus is here for. This isn't like a happy ending thing. This is fuck you. You lost the Christmas spirit. You gotta die. But then Max wakes up. Oh, it was just a dream. Holy shit. And he comes downstairs and it's Christmas. And the family's, like, kind of being normal and not being, like, caricatures of people anymore. And it's like, okay, cool. And they're doing the gift exchange. And then someone hands Max a little present. He opens it up, and it's the fucking bell again. And he looks at it, and he's like, oh, my God. And then all the adults look at the bell, and they're like, oh, my God. And it's, like, playing sound bites of, like, everyone freaking out from earlier in the movie. And then everyone's just staring at it, like, oh, fuck. And then the camera pans out, and you see the whole house, of so the kids who used to pan out, and the house is inside a snow globe. And it pans out, and Krampus puts the snow globe on a shelf in a whole fucking pit full of a thousand snow globes with a thousand houses and a thousand families. And it keeps panning out, and, oh, shit, what does it all mean? And that was that, and I was pretty disappointed. <laughs> um, now,
0: a lot of people are really were really butthurt about the whole idea of well, uh, what's the point of even making a movie if the ending is just like eh, it's all a dream, uh, or maybe it was a dream. But it was real, but it, for the most part, it was maybe sort of a dream. To 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 have any kind of a waking up after the events of something is really usually just kind of a nutslap to the audience. I will say though that it's excusable in this case because it is such a Christmas Carol allegory that they might as well have had Max stick his you know head out the window and go, "You there, boy! What That's day true. is it? Oh, it's it's not too late. It's Christmas morn." And, oh, the ghosts did it all
1: in one night. Of course, they could. Yeah,
0: the Christmas Carol was playing on TV at the beginning of the movie, so yeah. it's you know it's 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 not even it's not trying to be subtle. No, Tian, um,
1: Let me ask you this: How do you interpret the ending? Because there's two major interpretations I found.
0: Um, in the sense of whether it's literally that. Uh, uh, oh, okay. I think I see what you're seeing here. So either they're trapped in this house and they're living Christmas just kind of eternally on a loop. Um, and it's kind of a weird waking nightmare, but also waking dream because it's like, oh, we're giving you what you want. Um, or is it just, okay, now life just proceeds as normal, but you're inside a globe, but it's like the ending of men in black and we, the audience know that there's something bigger out there. Is that what you're asking? Yeah.
1: And basically the ones that I saw was, you're exactly right. It's like either option A is this is hell and you're just going to relive Christmas forever and ever and ever with your annoying family or B you survived it. You're a better person for it, but Krampus is always keeping an eye on you and that's what the snow globe represents. Right. Um, So it's basically like a shitty twilight zone ending or like a decent happy ending. Um, Now I found out, I did some research. I found out mm -hmm. that according to the, um, the director, the creator, the writers of the movie, that well, what do they do? They consider the second to be the, the correct answer. That it's like, it's a happy ending, you know, but Krampus is keeping an eye out on them. Like, but they're not trapped in hell forever and ever and ever. Well, it's uh, done
0: sort of shitty if it's meant to be that. I mean, I think that you could have... <laughs> <laughs> I think you could have uh, just had the... not had them uh, all... You could have done the, it ex, the exact same way. He opens it, but no one else sees the bell. No one else kind of looks up and, like, hears parts from earlier in the movie. Uh, and I was like, was that the movie? Um, they they just all kind of Christmas proceeds as usual, but you have kind of this weird dead stare from Max, and he's like, oh, shit. That was not a dream. And then you zoom out, and it's like, hey, Krampus is looking over you, motherfucker.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. It's the poster, by the way, I don't know if you know that, so, you know, spoiler alert, everybody, the house being in the snow globe with Krampus's hand, which is the ending of the movie, the final shot of the movie, is also the poster of the movie, which is interesting.
1: Overall, though, I will say I enjoyed this film a great deal, uh, but basically, when the toys came to life and started fucking shit up, I kind of checked out.
0: Overall, I enjoyed this film a great deal, and when the toys came to life and started fucking shit up, that was my favorite part. And everything else, I didn't really like as much.
1: Interesting, interesting. Um, I will also say that it's it's terribly refreshing on this show to watch a movie that had like direction and like a cinematographer and like a budget that was like oh it this, this was, like, was like Christmas for me. I was like oh I get this is like a movie. This isn't like a snuff film I'm having to watch. This is like a thing, so that was yeah. that was enjoyable. Um, I enjoyed the film enough that afterwards I was like, "Does anybody make the Krampus bell like to go hang on my tree?" So I look it up and I uh, I search on Etsy and it turns out that there are definitely people who make the Krampus bell, and I was like, "That's great." However, when I looked it up on Etsy, the first thing that came up in the search was that somebody makes a Krampus cock dildo from like the Goblin dildo company. And, uh, my eyes went to hell for a second, and I wasn't very happy about it. Did you buy it? Everyone has asked me that. Every fucking person has asked me that. And the answer is yes, I have bought it. It has a a tag on it that says 2TN from Zach Romero, your ghost host of the most. Well, uh,
0: looks like you guys have something to look forward to from the next episode of maybe Pinheads? What,
1: What an unboxing video that will be.
0: Oh boy, <laughs> an unboxing and then a reboxing. If you catch my drift.
1: Yuck. Anyway, um, so <laughs> we're way over time on Krampus. Yeah. Any final thoughts? No, no, we already talked about it. it I liked Great. most of it, but the, I didn't like the toys, and the second half was an. Eh. I thought
0: All Adam right. Scott well, then... was
1: like surprisingly very good. Adam Scott, not surprising, has his moments. not surprisingly very good. I should say he was very good, and I like that this is like his second horror film that he's been in because he was in, um. Hellraiser 3 I believe no not in 3 he's in the one that has space in it Bloodline Ooh. I think that's 4 okay this was like his he was also in Piranha 3D so oh there you go
0: yeah he was like a main character in that this is I will say Adam Scott if you're listening this is the final thought I'll say on Krampus this is good uh, rock and roll movie alright let's take a break <laughs> From his mother's basement, weighing in at 195 pounds, he wishes, and knowing absolutely nothing about the world of professional wrestling, he
1: is the Clueless Wrestler! Alright, so it's another awkward incel segment here on the Sonic the Hedgehog Power Hour, and so uh, I'm introducing another wrestling match to Tien Gagnol, who has zero context for professional wrestling. And if I was a smart man, I would have picked something that had Goldberg in it or was something Christmas related. Could have had the Christmas creature wrestle or Santa Claus, the evil Santa with an axe. But instead, I'm an asshole and I just picked... Those them. are real? Those are all real. I named literally all those things are real. Um, wow. But instead, uh, I picked Edge and Christian versus the Dudley boys versus the Hardy boys in the TLC match of WrestleMania 17. Um, because TLC just happened this past weekend. And so it's like it's now becoming monthly uh, pay per view. Uh, there once a year there's a TLC related uh, pay per view. At the time, TLC was just a match. It was just tables, ladders, chairs. And Isn't
0: TLC the channel that does all the home renovation stuff? They they partner with WWE.
1: Yes, and they were also uh, partnering with um, the all female led uh, triplet group TLC. So that's why uh, this was called. A, oh. this was called the No Scrubs Challenge. Um, wow. So, anyways. So, yes, three major tag teams. This is a huge height for them um, going into the millennium. And uh, WrestleMania 17. I'm sorry, what, what, year, what year was this? Oh, Jesus, I don't know. Hold on. Um, you said it's WrestleMania 17, you said? Yes, WrestleMania 17. Okay, all right. So, 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 so let, me, let me... This was April uh, while 1st, like... 2001 from Houston, Texas. Attendance Ooh, was a- 67,925 people.
0: Wow, quite a few. Um, Okay, so let me give you what what I uh, understand from watching this match. So there are three tag teams competing for this belt.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Tag team number one are the Hot Topic Edgelords. Yes. Um, Tag team number two are the Blonde Pretty Boys. Yes. And tag team number three are the Fat Yuckos. Okay, all right. That's
1: that's an (laughs) adequate explanation for each team.
0: Okay, so... Okay, first off, let me me ask you a a big one here. And you can explain this away to me. My impression of the term tag team is you tag out. There was zero tagging in this at all. It it was just they're both in the ring. Then they're just kind of all brawling it out.
1: Yes. Um, First of all... Thank you for not asking. Making your first question is wrestling real? Because I my butt hole. Forgot butches... to
0: ask that <laughs> as as that's got to be the first question for this segment every time from now on. You set yourself up, pal. So
1: I appreciate you not doing that. Um, is but... is
0: Santa real though? Is Santa more real than wrestling?
1: Oh God, that's a great fucking question. We could do a whole episode on that. Jesus. Anyways, um, <laughs> so yes, traditionally in a tag team match, it's usually one in one out. And, um, you know, one fall to the finish. Now, this was, we are leaving the Attitude Era, which is the height of WWE's popularity in the 90s. And where a lot of philosophies and ideas were just sort of like, I don't know, man, everything's extreme. So, this is not a traditional tag team match. It's basically a scramble to whoever gets to the titles first wins.
0: Okay. Now, and I believe uh, you have yourself to thank in terms of me actually being familiar with the idea of there being a belt hanging, because if I'm not mistaken, one fully gimmicked has put up a show uh, with a hanging belt and a ladder which is to be obtained to get said belt. Yes. The difference
1: difference here was all of their ladders were uh, were enforced enough to both climb on and use it as a weapon, whereas... Uh, our show there was only one ladder that you could climb on it was the one that was made of wood everything else was a weapon
0: right okay so uh has there ever been a ladder match in the history of televised wrestling where uh someone just went up on the ladder and just got the belt and there wasn't someone who was kicked off of the ladder or it happens very
1: very rarely uh, very rarely do you ever just get someone like, I'm successfully climbing this up and there are no obstacles in my way. Usually it's... Look at this.
0: I didn't fall off of the top of the ladder. <laughs>
1: fiddle dee I was able to achieve this quite easily.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Um, okay. So there's a few things I like about this. Okay. Um, first off, uh, there is a lovely lady who enters midway through this match. Yes. I believe her name is Lena. Uh, close. Um, it is and...
1: Lita. Lita with a T.
0: Okay. Selena Dunham, so you're Le- right. I apologize. Her name so is. Lena. Lena Dun- so Lena Dunham comes in. Uh so Leela from Futurama. Comes in uh, Wapping and a
1: whoopin'.
0: Whoppin', whoopin', uh, all of the above. She's she's kicking some aish, And at one point she takes off her mesh shirt that already revealed her bra to just reveal more of the bra. Well, she does and- this after
1: hitting someone with a steel chair. Unprotected headshot with a steel chair, and then yeah. in victory, she takes off her shirt.
0: Yes, and the announcer says, oh yeah, Lita, take it off, take it all off. And I gotta say... That is precisely what I would say if I were an announcer. Uh, so know that if you ever bring me on for announcing at any type of show, my friend, that I will say, and, uh, here we got uh, Aspen Rose in the ring taken off. And if she could remove her panties as well and point that right over here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. She is in a pin, face down, ass up in the air. Spread those cheeks for me and point that right towards the announcer's How table. How
1: is this going to stay on the show? How is any of them uh, staying do, on the show? What do you mean? <laughs> it should have all I just have been made disinsight. up a random name. Yeah, you sure <laughs> did. You create a restaurant yourself right out of that situation. Holy shit. I thought we were okay, done so. with fan fiction. Anyways. <laughs> so, yes, glad to know you'd have that kind of deep insight.
0: Yes. No, absolutely. Um, uh, by the way, speaking of deep insight, um, the gentleman known as Rhino... Mm-hmm
1: from the Spider-Man universe, Um, uh,
0: he gets punched
1: right in the dick. Is that allowed? In a a traditional match, no, but again, this is just a scramble because at this point, if that was a normal match, what would have happened is that Edge and Christian, the two blonde boys, would have been disqualified because their buddy came in and cheated. However, you had to have a winner here. It was was basically three teams all going for this. You had to Mm. have a winner so they couldn't throw it out by DQ, so that's why he got away with it. But that's also why Ledev was able to come in and just wail Spike Dudley with a chair.
0: There was another part where Lita is hanging from the belt, and someone uh, like leaps off of another ladder and like tackles her down to the mat.
1: Close. That is not Lita. That's Jeff Hardy, one of the Hot Topic Edge Lords. He is what? hanging. Well, hang on a minute. Edge... Long
0: red hair. Yes. See-through mesh shirt. Yes. Yeah, that's Lita. No,
1: that is a guy named Jeff Hardy, and so what? he gets. What's a guy? He get yes. So your masturbatory oh, habits are right on cue. So Edge tackles him. <laughs> from the giant ladder. It's one of the highest spots in that match. It is one of the break- breakout moments. It is a holy mm. shit moment if there ever was one. So
0: uh, maybe you can just uh, lead me in then. I, I I mean, this was an interesting match. I, I'm not sure uh, kind of, you, you know, maybe you can, if there's anything more that's kind of significant about it. It was interesting to me, you know, on a, on a few different levels because it seemed to just not really be any of the things it was saying it was going to be. It's not tag team. It was saying it was going to be tag team. Um, it's... It's not like who can grab the belt first because people grabbed the belt. and Right, then... that's true.
1: It had to be you had to unbook um, the belt is the key. Okay, the all
0: right. Um, you're right, there's and lots then... of people touching them. And then the, and then the, and then the actual, you know, video I saw of it didn't end with anyone getting the belt. It was, it ended with, uh, a kind of final tackle from the top of one of the tallest tippy-toppy ladders, uh, onto the tables that had been set up by the yuckos down there.
1: <laughs> the yuckos, the Yucco boys, um. You're right, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, it just kind of cuts off there. There there is a definitive winner of that match. It's just that bootleg video that I sent you just was not sufficient, so I apologize. Right, Um, that's okay. But yeah, so I'm trying to kind of entice you with more of the car crash elements of the late 90s wrestling, which was, Mm -hmm. hey, everyone's going to just put their lives in the line for no real reason, and uh, it's kind of car crash TV, and that was kind of grabbing a lot of people's attention at the time. So I felt like this was sort of a, a nice bridge off of the Hell in a Cell match that we saw with, uh, mankind and undertaker. Um, right.
0: Well, that was a good, it's a good introduction. I'm, I'm, I'm interested, uh, and excited to see kind of where you're taking this. I was Cause just I gonna feel say, like you've got kind of a game plan. I,
1: well, I, I, I do. And so now I'm feeling like maybe we're getting out of the, uh, because basically what I've been walking you through is a tour of, well, if wrestling's fake, explain this. That's basically what this has been because both these matches right. involve huge risks, huge, genuine risks, Genuine injury and guys just like putting it all out on the line. Now, maybe I'm thinking we can steer it more towards like, okay, now that you're appreciating that, like the performance art element of this, like, holy shit, this is nuts of this live theater. Now I think we can start steering it towards more character things, or perhaps maybe more like lighthearted things. Not everything has to be so serious in pro wrestling. Right, right. So that's kind of like, the like
0: the, of. like the strippers and 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 Vince McMahon reacting to them.
1: I know that's your number one. Th- that'll be the end of the, of the entire premise, the whole the series. series. Yes, we'll at the end, the end of our well, friendship, when yeah. we've decided it's we're just, no longer going to be friends and we're done. going
0: to do one. Yes, yeah, so, and this will be the last episode of Frightful Failures. Um, that'll be what we'll watch. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, wonderful. Let's um, let's get back to the show. And we're back. So let's talk about little little ASMR from uh, Zach Romero there for you. Um, have fun editing. <laughs> anyway,
1: so we need to do our our diligence here. We need to clean up our mess, and by that I mean fix these goddamn movies. So how would you? What what character? Would you take from Santa sleigh to put into the Krampus, and uh, vice versa, to improve them? Uh, you know, I
0: think when it comes to Santa sleigh it's 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 really hard to 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 look at any character other than Goldberg Santa. You are one hundred percent
1: correct because the movie doesn't want to look at anybody else. But no, but absolutely
0: Goldberg not so I think honestly because here's the thing and I didn't say this when we were talking about Krampus I don't like the design of Krampus And that there's this very uh, first of all when they the very first introduction you get of the character is him jumping rooftop to rooftop like Angley's Hulk and you're like whoa this is a big old nimble creature that's the only action like that you see of him there's no other scene where he's like you know getting really big and throwing some big punches some haymakers knocking houses down that does not happened for the uh, rest of it he's just hunched over basically motionless um and he's also wearing a very stupid like screaming santa mask and you see it's a mask you can see goat eyes under it uh and it it begs the question first off why why is he wearing like a screaming santa mask um and second off if it is establishing it's a mask why did you never take the mask off then at that point Like, why put someone in a mask and not take it off? Um, I actually agree with
1: that. Um, I was actually talking to uh, someone else about uh, Krampus, and I actually said that I really like... cheating on me? Well, you know, the people who come in and clean my cage, you know, that you leave me in, you know, sometimes we strike up a conversation. In fact, I believe you mentioned earlier that you told some random person about Santa's sleigh uh, candy cane murder, so fuck you. Anyway, so um, I actually prefer the traditional folk art of krampus where he like kind of looks like a little imp and he's like and like he's got kids in his sack and they're all upset i actually like Mm. that depiction better but i didn't necessarily hate this krampus i was like yeah okay but i agree that you know him hauling ass in the beginning was fucking awesome and then like we just don't ever come back from that
0: yeah so but but to kind of rewind back I think the Krampus would be a 100% more badass if all of the little spooky toys and little evil elves and gingerbread men and everything was just leading up to Goldberg Santa kicking down the door like the Kool-Aid man and and coming in to take this kid out. That would be badass.
1: Okay. All right. Um I would have actually swapped out not necessarily the character but the gimmick of the uh angel uh, angel grandpa, angel grandparent from Santa mm-hmm. sleigh, I would have made Umi, or Nana, or whatever the fuck her name is, I would have made that her. That, like... Because when she kind of, like, re-meets up with Krampus again, it's for nothing. Like, you imagine, like, oh, that's going to be something. No, it kind of buys the family a minute, but it doesn't really mean anything.
0: And when... here's the thing, and I'm glad you brought that up, because we, we kind of alluded to this earlier, that... You would never have expected, if you just picked two movies out of a hat, that Krampus and Santa's sleigh would have a lot of sort of thematic similarities. But boy, do they! Because not only do they both have the expository character of the old European relative who understands the true nature of what is coming for this family... And what Christmas actually actually means and that
1: it's sinister...
0: Yes, not only that, but they both do it in the form of an animated
1: sequence. That's true. The claymation-like kind of style. That's right. Yeah, that's a great point.
0: Um, Although the big difference is they have two entirely different interpretations of how you should actually feel about Christmas. Uh, Krampus tells you you have to find the true meaning of Christmas within your heart and within your family and you have to appreciate it and never forget it no matter how bad times look, no matter how bad you want to choke hold your uncle, you have to remember the true meaning of Christmas. And Santa Slay says, fuck Christmas, it's all a big hoax forget which, about it
1: which interestingly enough you've got the beginning of krampus which is very cynical and like oh here's what the holidays really are but then it's like oh just kidding find it in your heart whereas santa sleigh is like oh you know christmas yeah and then it's like just kidding christmas is for assholes and you're like oh okay
0: yeah so uh Okay, so you would swap out Angel Grandpa, and uh, you know I think uh, it's uh, so. Oh, also, other of...
1: co- other connecting factor: both chosen one children who are supposed to save the day, Max and Nicholas, both suck dog balls. They're both terrible characters, and I fucking hate them both. And I'm like I want bet... to catapult both of them into the sun. Yeah, I bet that
0: when uh, when Max grows up, if they grow up in that like you know snow globe uh, purgatory island from Lost that they're in um, that when he brings home the hot girl from school and she's like boy, uh, your your uncle that
1: Krampus bell is really lame and he's like (laughs) fuck you
0: (laughs) I don't even want your dirty pussy get that out of here just kicks her out of the house (laughs) and leaves her out in the snow globe
1: How are they going to edit around that for sci-fi? That's going to be tricky dicky.
0: (laughs) That is going to be very tricky, yes.
1: Anyways, Uh so uh, do you feel that Krampus would have worked in (laughs) 2000? 2005 all the way back in 2005 could krampus work
0: it was a different time back then uh you could truly... say that things
1: were fucking retarded according to a character in the movie that exists in 2005 for Christ's sake,
0: yes you could say all sorts of things you could say retarded um you could say uh you could say yeah, it's all right not to vaccinate your kids.
1: Also, what about James Caan calling Chris Catan a half a fag in the opening of.
0: Santa you can still Slick. do that today.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> As long as it's towards Chris Katan, um, yeah. Oh, okay, God, so of yeah, course. so I guess I guess in in review, the 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 time swap question is completely thrown out the window. We don't so. got to
0: stick to those questions. We're fixing yeah. these movies. Um, so uh, here's here's a you know I, I would swap in another character though. Okay. Um, uh, so the beginning of uh with Chris Katan, I would swap in Chris Katan from Monkey Bone. Where all his Good. organs are falling Good. out. <laughs> I think that that would really improve that scene. I don't know about you. I
1: changed I change my answer. I changed my answer. I want okay. to switch out um, the the uh, sweet, wonderful Eastern European Nana who knows about Krampus, and I want to replace her with the one dimensional, shitty old woman character from the beginning of Santa sleigh so that when Krampus comes down, she goes, Don't give me that PC shit! It's Christmas. Wish me Merry Christmas. And then Krampus goes, Merry Christmas. And she goes, Thank you. Go fuck yourself. So that's what I would I will at.
0: say this. Um, before I realized, like, that movie was so early on that I didn't realize that I was getting a made for TV version. So uh, she says that, and I was like, What'd she say? And you I, I say actually. What? <laughs>
1: what?
0: Yeah, no, it just sounded like. Go yourself, and I'm like, yeah. Go yourself that, to Christmas. Was that motivational? A very
1: common phrase. <laughs> go yourself to Christmas.
0: Yes. Uh, um, so yeah. Uh, did you like the scene in uh, Santa's sleigh when he no. said?
1: <laughs> I am just saving when, the time.
0: Once he said "ho ho hoes,"
1: and then he kissed that stripper. Um. <laughs> Well, right? Okay, I, yeah. have I, have... <laughs> order, I, have,
0: I have a question I have I a, have a a question about Santa's character in okay. Santa's sleigh
1: it's very deep very, it's to the,
0: the Why? Of did he kiss a stripper on the mouth but then have to sanitize the stripper pole before he touched it with his bare hand or his uh, gloved, was, hand, gloved hand rather
1: yeah. so it wouldn't have even mattered Oh, and also, uh, here's the other question. Like, Santa version.
0: got herpes from that <laughs> no, stripper. No,
1: no, 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 here's the thing. What about the scene, and I don't know if you got to see it, but there's a scene where, like, he swings on a trapeze thing in the strip club that a stripper is sitting on, and his face is just right in the no-no bits... As he swings, like, three feet... Oh, no, then, that
0: actually was not... I did not see that. Okay, that actually yeah, would have been it, cut.
1: It's, suddenly, the strip club is, like, fucking the, from dust till dawn. And there's strippers fucking from the ceiling. And so he, like, trapeze swings three feet with his face buried in this woman's lap. And then he just drops and just kind of goes, like, Yeah, I ate that shit. Like, he just looks in <laughs> the camera, like, Yeah, I went to third so, base.
0: So, so I guess my, my question about Santa's character is... Well, well, you know, is he like a clean freak? Or is he willing to just kiss a stripper? Because you he's, can't be both. He's willing
1: to kiss a stripper on both lips. That's the... Ooh. Uh, <laughs> we just also, got X-rated, baby. Can we switch those around? Can I have Krakus okay. in the stripper scene? Where he's yes. like, hoo, 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 And then like giant tongue just... And then he like, you know... And he has a stripper stupid.
0: sit on each horn.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but they twirl they spin like it's a macy's day parade it's very impressive and very tasteful <laughs> it sounds
0: tasteful for sure i mean the strip club already is basically cirque du soleil happening up in that That's shit true. That's so true. uh you know might as well just bring in a float at that point great all right we're right on track um so uh okay I guess my, my here's the so, thing.
1: Just picture Krampus driving the zamboni at the end, though. Just picture that. That'll be like, great. I would want that as an oil painting on my wall. Like, just really picture that for a second. Or Krampus I just want I want
0: Krampus saying all of the one liners
1: from yeah, exactly. the movie. Yeah, exactly. Imagine Krampus as the kid is going. I just wanted Christmas to be fine. Imagine Krampus looking at him behind the weird screaming Santa mask and going. I'm fucking Santa, not Dracula. Imagine, like, just picture that. Like, how much better that movie would be?
0: It would be so much better. I, okay, so so we we've got them. Uh, the The movie's almost fixed here. One liners in Krampus, right? And also, Krampus is in the strip club. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> Which I also, think sounds roughly as destructive as having uh the the, the truck from Maximum drive uh, driving through the kid's house also the tower also yeah. side
1: note my fix for Santa Slay is before every action sequence uh Goldberg Santa just disinfects something in the room yes like every time like before he's like smashing up a, a bakery he's like and just like wipes something down real quick and then destroys everything.
0: I think a, a good fix for Santa Slay is that uh, he actually uh, goes to like a non-denominational church and just starts killing people in there, like almost like the sequence from Kingsman, uh, to just really grind home that like it's not about what you believe in, you know? Is Santa, evil Santa will kill you and give you one-liners regardless.
1: I feel the fix for Santa Slay is. You should have been even edgier. And mm. Santa should have gone into a mosque and just started praying. And then just looked <laughs> at the camera and go, yeah, what does this even mean? What am I into? You don't even know. And then
0: it pans over to Krampus, and he just shrugs.
1: Yeah, because it,
0: at this point, he, it's like a buddy cop movie. Right, that's the fix. Right. You just put you. It's just a buddy cop movie Holy with shit. Goldberg, Santa, and Krampus riding around together, punishing various people around the world.
1: That's a, we fixed it. And he's it the
0: and he's the kind of loose cannon cop because Goldberg doesn't care whether you're naughty or nice. Krampus has to rein him in. Right. And he's, he's you know always way ripping way. his sleeves off, ready to go bust some heads. And That's Krampus right. goes and like points to the list and says. You so know, when look. you
1: picture when you picture uh, Santa Goldberg praying at the mosque, which is definitely happening, is a real thing. Yeah, it's um, a, it's going
0: to be a scene in our movie. Yeah.
1: Right. And then it cuts over to Krampus, and Krampus just looks in the camera and shoulder shrugs. Do you picture like the bam 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 bam? Do you picture that in your head? Yeah, it's got, like
0: that- a, it's got like a it's got like a Looney Tunes like circle wipe uh, where or, or- Krampus's head gets stuck in the circle for a second and has to like pull out of it. <laughs> you,
1: ah! And then it goes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you picture like the nah, 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 But it's done with jingle bells instead. So it's like jing 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 jing.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, that would be uh, spectacular. Um <laughs> Okay, I
1: think we've got these just about fixed. Yeah. Um, also, by the way, to your point about how they're they're eerily similar, they both end with the big like something getting thrown into a pit of hell. Yeah. Do you? Th- but I maybe. But I oh, picture- oh, you know what?
0: If you okay, if we're not going to do our buddy cop movie, here's how you really fix Krampus at the end when the kid chases after Krampus and he's like, "Hey, you big bitch, get back here!" Um, he says. I'll give you my family back if you can beat me in a curling match. And then he oh, and nice. he, the little kid and Krampus have like a curling match right there over the pit I was of gonna Bell.
1: say I don't think it has to be one or the other. I think the sequel to Santa's Slay is a tag team Santa movie, and then it's Krampus and Goldberg Ooh, Santa. Yeah. And instead of, you know, the, the the family members being sacrificed one by one, instead Krampus and Goldberg Santa just throw the whole family on the goddamn ice and just throw the whole bunch of them as the big curling rock and they all just fall into the hell pit. Oh, that'd and be then perfect. Krampus is like, all right, we're done here. I think
0: that there would have to be other like kind of holiday icons, maybe like you know, like the tree from Nightmare Before Christmas, where they're they're climbing in and they're going and like oh, beating the shit saying, out of the Easter I Bunny. You
1: were, I thought you were going a completely different way with that. Like, I thought you were saying, like, at the end of the movie, it's like, okay, this team's pretty tough. What about this? And then when you said the tree from, I thought you were going to say from Arbor Day. And I was like, what the fuck is that going to do? <laughs> we were going with other holidays. Like, yeah, Flag Day and Arbor Day is here. Yeah. To fuck these two sandwiches. Well, up. that
0: would be once this franchise of ours, this the cinematic universe that we're building takes off. Oh, like, that yeah. would be oh, like, yeah. you know, movie six or movie seven. There would be like yeah, Arbor yeah, yeah. Day and President's Day. Because
1: here's the thing the tree from Arbor Day.
0: It's played by Groot. Oh, my God. Oh. There's the Zion. Oh. I, I I think for the most part, most of our holiday icons, like the Easter Bunny and et cetera, they will have to be played by professional wrestlers. So, like, uh, I think we can probably get Hulk for uh for the Easter Bunny. But I got to say, I, I already I, – I, I knew we were going to have to have this conversation. I reached out to Hulk preliminary, and he said he'll only do it if he gets to say the N-word in the movie. So –
1: not not surprising. Not surprising. Yeah. So if we um, can
0: live with that, I think that we've got him on board.
1: Also, I feel like you could have, um, like, you know, they have the uh, holograms of like Tupac and and the computer generated like Grand Marf Tarkin in, in Rogue One. Yeah. you have a computer generated <laughs> macho- <laughs> you have a computer generated Macho Man Randy Savage as the Bones uh, Saint Patrick as Saint Patrick's Day Leprechaun. <laughs> yes, so he's like, oh, you'll never get my pot of gold. Like, and that's that's how, and then him and, Ma, him and uh, you know, uh, Santa Goldberg feud, and, and Goldberg won't put him over because he's old, and, yeah, that's it could work.
0: I think it sounds perfect.
1: Um, <laughs> this, uh, Gonna kiss the blurry stone with your <sighs> hot dog and in your prima donna? Yeah, it could work. The cream of the crop. Oh, uh, the cream of the gold right here on the rainbow.
0: Dig it. So, uh... <laughs> These movies are clearly fixed, um, and uh, yep. once again, we we got to say, trademark, 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 copyright. These ideas are ours.
1: We're going to write this down on a piece of paper, mail it to ourselves, it's officially copyrighted. <laughs> That's how you do it. Everybody suck it. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Learned that in grade school. So,
0: uh, Zach, before we uh, say goodbye here, any any final thoughts on uh, any of these movies or anything we've talked about here this fine evening? Uh,
1: no. No. Uh, this, is <laughs> no. all, this has all been a terrible mistake. Yes, I'm so sorry. Uh, Once again, Zach is leaving the show to again. We're gonna have to pray real hard at a mosque to get these gifts this year. Uh, mosque, <laughs> and then turn and look at the camera and go, "What do I believe what in? Does this you mean? don't even know? You don't know what this what means." <laughs> and then, and then, and then uh, Goldberg Santa says that uh, that Obama did 9/11 because he's one of those guys.
0: And the crib keeper is still in the background, going "Ah, oh, damn!" God. Exactly, uh, <laughs> uh, fixed. guys. The fixed. Fixed. From everyone here, the whole crew here at Frightful Failures, um, Us, we wish you Tien,
1: Shadow the Hedgehog, <laughs> yes. Creamy Cheese, Amy, they know what they did. Uh, Amy, Amy the, the Hedgehog,
0: Amy. <laughs> uh, Big the Cat. Uh, from all of us here uh, we wish you a very Merry Christmas Happy Holidays uh, wherever your allegiances lie wherever you want to look in the camera and say what do I believe in Uh, we (laughs) hope that Goldberg Santa
1: will pay you a visit
0: this year and give you exactly
1: what you're looking for excellent so for your ghost host with the most Tien Guignol I am your ghost host with the most Zach Romero and until next time everyone continue circulating the tapes
0: And as a Christmas present, both to you all listening and to myself, there will be no episode of Team Viper Ghost Patrol uh, from Monster of the Week tacked on to this exceptionally long episode. So you're welcome. Merry Christmas.
1: So why even, why, let me ask you this, TN. Seriously, genuinely, this isn't on the show. Let me ask you man to man. So, why even bother with the segments if every segment is just gonna become fucking Sonic the Hedgehog Theater? If that's just the premise, just make that the premise! Cut out the middleman!